This is Lexus coming to you from UW Madison, Wisconsin. Eat Ford. A podcast on the secret side of Gordon Commons. Remember, don't be Gordo, eat at Gordon's. Welcome to episode one of Eat Forward. Not backward. We're Luke. And Christian. And in the next 15 minutes, we're going to get the inside of the story of Gordon Commons. In other words, stay connected to hear more about how Greg Hines, food service administrator at UW-Madison, exposed the beans on the secrets of Gordon Commons. What would you do if you found 200 pink plastic flamingos on your lawn? Well, that's what happened to Gordon Commons on the day of the grand opening. Are you interested in knowing more fun facts like this? Listen next to Greg Hines, who kindly received us, Christian and Luke, for an interview in his office this morning. Why do you say Gordon Commons if its official name is Gordon Dining and Event Center? So that's a good question because we are officially called Gordon Dining and Event Center. Gordon Commons is the old building that was tore down. And that stood out here on our grass in the front of the building. So that building doesn't exist anymore. So Gordon Commons doesn't exist. So that's a kind of a, a thing we're trying to, to get people to stop calling us that because that's not who we are anymore. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's frequently known as that because it was Gordon Commons for about, well, 50 years. Oh, wow. and, um, but that doesn't exist anymore. So, yeah, we don't, we don't use that name internally. People call us that, including campus in general, but that's not who we are. Uh, how many people do you serve each day? Sure. So during the academic year, we serve about 7,000 people each day. And that would be in our coffee shop, in our convenience store, as well as in the marketplace. So 7,000 transactions could be a cup of coffee or it could be a full meal. It all depends um, on what the customer wants, but we count that all as our daily transactions. During the summer, uh, it, it, it varies by the groups that we have. Um, our biggest group numbers in the summer are um, 1,900, and then our smallest days in the summer are about 200 to 50. So it's a big range, all depending on what groups are on campus. Where does your food come from? So um, the majority of our food comes from a company called Martin Brothers, and they're in um, Iowa. They're our primary vendor, so we get most of our food from them. We do use other vendors. Um, we use Reinhardt Foods in La Crosse, Wisconsin as a backup vendor for us. And then we do get uh, produce from a company called V Marchese, and that's more of a local company as well. So um, we have a few vendors. Of course, we use Coke, Pepsi. Um, we use some specialty products from like baking companies and things like that. But Martin Brothers is our, is our big vendor. Mm-hmm. How long did it take to build this place? This building took about a year to build, um, a little over a year to build. Some things weren't all completed at the same time because the old Gordon was was next to us. Um, The building wasn't completed 100% on the exterior until that building was torn down. So, for example, the terrace outside was never used until um, last fall when the old Gordon came down. Um, Not all the doors were put in this building because we couldn't exit on that side of the building for the first year. So... um, some things have continued to, to happen, but the general structure was built in about that time. Do you offer any help for people who follow diets like allergies or vegetarians? 
Um, yes, so we have a, a dietitian on staff. She works full time and she works in this building. So um, with our residence life staff, so people that live in the residence halls, they know that we have the dietitian and they would give her name out so that the students and their families can actually contact her before they ever come to campus and they can set up um, arrangements for special dietary needs. And then most of our venues or all of our venues do list um, all the allergens on the line signs so that a customer can come up and, and see on the line sign if there's something very specific that they're allergic to or that they try to avoid. Um, and then we can work with them in addition. And we also hold products in the back for gluten-free. So if a customer comes in and they need a gluten-free bun for something, they can just ask for that and we have that available for them. Um, during the academic year, again, we carry more of those products because we have more clients that recognize us as a gluten-free or specific allergen. But um, we always recommend that they start with our dietitian to make sure that we're able to accommodate their needs. Have you heard about the freshman 15? Oh, yes, absolutely. That's been going on since I was in college a long time ago. So um, it's something that we continually try to, to help students with, and that's another reason we have a dietitian, so that if there are students that are, are really conscious about their weight and aren't familiar with eating on their own, typically you know, parents have been supplying the children's food, and so when they come to college, they don't really know how to eat on their own. Um, that's something that we try to help them with, and that's why our line signs do talk about um, calorie counts and things like that, just so that people can be aware of that. Um, it's not something that I personally focus on because most students don't have a weight issue at this time of that, that you know this point of their life and I don't like to throw that in their face especially to someone who's very conscious I think it just it, um, it can exacerbate a problem by having them focus on a calorie when it's probably not a real concern for them but for the students that need to be aware of it we absolutely do help them with that people absolutely do gain weight absolutely yeah I came from a small college um, I've only been in here for seven months and I came from Edgewood College just down the road and so I was I knew the students much better because there was so many so fewer of them and I could progressively watch students change throughout the academic year um, you know when spring break starts because about a week before everyone's on a diet so um, definitely cycles you know the the what they eat when they come to school they they eat burgers every day and about a month later, they're sick of eating burgers every day because at home, mom didn't make a burger every day, and so now they're on their own, they can have one. So they start to monitor what they eat themselves, but definitely you, you still see the weight gain. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, compared to when I was in school, um, people are much more conscious of their health and as far as like physical activity. So like the gym was always full. You know, they might eat like crazy, but they go to the gym just about as much. So they try to balance it. As part of our uh, requirements, when the residence halls are open, we have to be open because we are part of their service. So we're, we're, we're called an essential service. So we close very seldom. We would close um, at like uh, Thanksgiving break if we're at a major holiday or Christmas break. But those are really the only times we close. So we would be pretty much, we're pretty much open in this building seven days a week, especially during the academic year. In the summer, again, it dictates by our business a little bit more. So if we don't have a group on campus, we aren't open. So our primary concern is always focused on the student customer first. So if we aren't open for cash customers, that is not as important to us as it is for our for our student customer. But yeah, we really don't close very often. We're here for holidays other than, like I said, major Christmas um, New Year's kind of thing. Um, we're open Labor Day, we're open Memorial Day, we're open all those holidays as long as there's um, a guest on campus. What was here before this building? Um, this was the site of a resident hall. So where we stand today, there was a residence hall here. That was rebuilt somewhere else, and then that, this was, that building was torn down, and then we moved to this site, 
and then the old garden was torn down. So everything moves to a new site before, and they rebuild it before they tear it down. So we're never short anything. We started with a new plot, and we were just able, able to keep moving forward with it. So we gained the green space back by keeping it where the garden spot used to be. So. What did the older garden commons look like? Was it very different? The old garden had, um, was, it was a, more of a cafeteria. It was a cafeteria line. So there were four separate cafeteria lines and there were four dining rooms. So that if you imagine there was a cross in the middle or a plus sign in the middle of the building and then there were four pods. So they would come in and maybe your group would be in dining room A. So you would go in dining room A, there would be a, a single buffet line that you would walk down with your tray, you'd get your food, and then you went to your own dining room. And then if there were other groups, they would have their own dining room. So you would all be separated, but you'd all be spread out around this building. So with this concept, this is you know the latest in, in college food services, the marketplace is what it's called. So you know more similar to a food court in a mall, something like that. So by moving here, um, we really didn't change the food we offered, we just offered it in its own venue. So burgers were still offered before, but now burgers are offered in their own venue. Um, pasta was still offered, but pasta is now in its own venue. So what it does is it, it distinguishes the food more, it sets it apart. Um, we gave them um, our own names, so each venue has a name that's, that's exclusive to us. Um, all the other six units on campus uh, share those same names, but we don't all have the same venue. So anyone that has a pasta has the same Buena Cucina, but not everybody may have, may have a Buena Cucina. So they may have something different than we'd have in Gordon. So everybody has one venue that is exclusive to them. Mm -hmm. So at Gordon, one of our exclusive venues is Etc., which is our breakfast station. And during the academic year, we serve um, breakfast, eggs and omelets specifically all day long. That station doesn't close. So yeah, so there's a big difference in the physical um, condition of the old building to the new building. Modernization would be the biggest. What's the most sold food that you offer? The most sold food, well, it's probably, it's probably a really big tie between a couple different stations. Um, our Fired Up, which is our, our fryer and our grill station, so burgers, chicken sandwiches. Um, our pizza station, which is Capital City Pizza, and then our pasta station. Those are gonna be our three most popular, um, academic year and summer. Um, our other lines, our entree lines, are very popular, but those are going to be the, if you were looking at the numbers, those would be our biggest and most popular station, probably with pasta being number one. We like how this building looks like. Has it won any awards? This building has won several awards for the construction of the building, for the style of it. Um, the architects that built this building have won several awards, one of which I have in my office. Um, so it, we give tours about once a month in this building. We have, since the building opened, um, which will be two years ago in August, and like I said, we give, we give tours to other colleges, um, other large businesses that are looking at going with a, mar a model like this uh, about once a month. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal. Like I said, we've been in most trade magazines, we've been in most college food service magazines, um, and my boss is, has given many presentations on, on the structure, construction of this building, um, just with its um, green initiatives and, again, the style, the, the you know, materials that were used and things like that. So. Are there a famous person eating at this place? In this place? So, uh, I don't know that she actually ate here, although she probably ate something, but Cindy Crawford was here um, two years ago in May. So May of 2013, she would have been here. Um, we had a special event. It was um, uh, the Merrill Lynch Foundation did a charity event for the UW Children's Hospital. 
and uh, Cindy Crawford is a big advocate of children and, and their well-being, so she was their guest speaker. So she was in the building. Um, we had um, she had a room upstairs that was her green room. So we had to cater very specifically to what she requested. We had to have the room. It's a glass room. We had to put curtains on all the windows to block it so that she had complete privacy. Um, so it was a pretty big deal. She had security obviously with her. Um, so it was it was a pretty big deal. And then um, twice we've had and I'm I. I can get you the exact person, but I believe it was um, like the lieutenant governor or somebody at that level um, in in um, state government, and his daughter will be going to school here in the fall. So he's visited twice with his daughter, and um, the FBI has been with him. And so they've done a sweep of the building first. They've come a week early. Um, they've walked the building to, for security patterns to make sure they knew how to get him out um, if there was an emergency. Um, and then again, we had to give them a private space that was was blocked off visually so no one could see in the space um, and he was kind of secluded in those areas so yeah so it's been pretty cool have you ever had a massive food poisoning or a, or a, or any other big threat in here like killers or a uh Thingy. <laughs> no, luckily I can say we've never had uh, an outbreak of any kind, um, specifically not in this building, but not in not in dining in general. Um, not that I'm aware of. Uh, my boss is is pretty stringent on sanitation and health and so forth. So we uh, we have very high standards and, and very good ratings on all of our sanitation. So no, we've we've never had an outbreak of anything. Um, uh, definitely not in this building. I don't think anything in the last 20 years, probably. Um, yeah, it would it would be pretty much a, a reputation ruiner. So it, we really we really work hard that that never happens. Um, you know, the the worst thing I've ever seen in my career, and not not in this instance, not here at UW, um, was uh, an outbreak from kids that had been on spring break and they came back and they brought something with them from traveling abroad um, from an island and it went around the dormitory so there were 200 people in the dorm about 150 of those kids all got sick at the same time Aww. so we had to quarantine the building off but um, never related to the food thank goodness <laughs> so <laughs> do you know of any scary stories related to this place um, not really scary stories. Um, uh, we are open. In the past, we've been open until 1 a.m., um, seven days a week. So my managers don't leave the building until 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning some, some nights. But um, nothing too scary that I'm aware of. We have had a couple in instances where um, we never saw the person, but at the bottom of a stairwell, we have a cubby hole. And at one point in time, they did find a sleeping bag and some personal items in that cubby hole. So we believe that a homeless person was, was sleeping down there, but we never actually found the person or saw them. Mm -hmm. So that was about the scariest thing that we had happen. Um, and then every once in a while, you know, we will have um, somebody in the building that doesn't belong here. And uh, we got to be real conscious of what they're doing and keep an eye on them and make sure that our students stay safe. But it's never been, a, there's never been a real incident. Just uh, things that make us very conscious of, of that we're a very big building and it's very easy to hide here. We have, we have about 15 mop rooms in this building, so Ooh. it's very easy for someone to get lost. So we have to keep a very close eye on them. <laughs> Do you want to add anything else? Well, you guys hit a lot of good stuff. I can't think of anything um, that's too fun or exciting to talk about, honestly. Um, you know, we have at night sometimes some of our, our biggest um, fun with the students. Um, 
uh, you know, college students like to have a good time and, and be goofy at night. And, and so every once in a while, we'll have someone that will get on the conveyor belt and ride the conveyor belt into the dish room. So um, can be, you know, it can be dangerous for them. It's very wet and slippery if they would fall off, and it can damage a very expensive piece of equipment with their weight. So um, we have some silly things like that that happen. Um, but I have a lot of managers in the building, and, and we keep a pretty good, pretty good eye on the kids. But those are some of the, some of the silly things I do. Luckily, we've never had a major food fight or anything like that. So um, we'll, we'll see some things once in a while, and we take pretty fast control of it. But so yeah, so not, no, not really need super good stories to tell, unfortunately. Any um, fraternity or sorority pranks that happened here? Um, no, not that not that I'm aware of. Nothing, nothing too much. Um, we we did a. It wasn't really a prank, but I, when we. Um, Opened a couple properties in the past. Uh, many years ago, there was um, on on Bascom Hill, which is one of the original parts of campus on Bascom Mall. Um, there was a, a student group that was you know vying for the presidency, and it was you know the campus for college student president, and they were. Um, Doing some kind of program, and they were soliciting that they were they would take everyone that voted for them to Disney World or something. You know, this was like in the fifties or something, which wasn't, of course, real. But so they couldn't fulfill that promise, so they um, put flamingos on Baskin Hill. They covered it with flamingos, plastic pink flamingos. So um, when this building opened and, and Four Lakes, our other building opened at the same time there was a large event that happened and it happened to coincide with like the 50th anniversary of that event. So they littered our front lawn with pink flamingos as a remembrance of that event. So we have those flamingos downstairs in the basement. We have a couple hundred of them and they pull them out for very special events and put them out. And um, we, the purpose of it was we encouraged students to actually take them, but they didn't. So we had like 200 flamingos downstairs. So um, yeah, just some kind of fun, fun things like that. But huh. Great. That's about the prank, but we really pranked ourselves in that case. So. <laughs> <laughs> One more question. Can you come here with your like, family? Yep, absolutely. We, we take cash, we take credit cards, so we're open to the public. Um, anybody can come and eat here. Thank you for your time and generous help. We wish you a good day. Thank you. You guys too. In this episode, we interviewed Greg Hines to get the inside info on Gordon Commons. We found out that Cindy Crawford and Rebecca Cleefish, the Lieutenant Governor Bowles, enjoyed meals here. Tune in to hear Fabius, Silas, and Albert chat with some students about the do's and don'ts of Gordon Commons in our second episode, Hungry Minds. Signing off, you've been listening to Luke. And Christian, this is Eat Forward. Not backward, with episode one of the inside story of Gordon Commons. This is Lexi coming to you from UW Madison, Wisconsin. Eat Forward! A podcast on the secret side of Gordon Commons. Remember, don't be Gordo, eat at Gordon.